Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast, your guide for growing lawn care and landscape startups into a thriving business. This show is dedicated to helping you improve your business and achieve financial success. Your host, Paul Jamison, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and The Lawn Care Advantage, winning strategies for a thriving landscaping business. Join us as Paul shares his expertise and passion, helping you create a prosperous future. Now, here's your host, Paul Jamison. Calpis, welcome to Atlanta. Bro, welcome to Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah. What's up? Where's wife of Tron? Man, I wanted my wife to come with me so bad and the three dogs, but she didn't want to have to. I was trying to make it a vacation too, because there's a little bit of tax write off in there, because it's a business trip. But she just stayed home. Okay. What do you think about the Creator Clubhouse? The Creator Clubhouse. So we're here now. It's epic. There is. It's like a whole bunch of dream studios wrapped into one studio. So if you've ever wanted to do a, your own podcast and you want to see how it looks and how it's done on a high level, being here is a great place to be. Yeah, totally. And thank you to Naylor, uh, LCR Media Summit here in Atlanta. I appreciate him uh, having you as a speaker, Jonathan Potoshnik, Marvin Salcedo, John Pajak, um, and, and several others were here uh, for the LCR Summit, the inaugural one. And uh, Naylor really pioneered you know, putting us in this cool spot to, to do this. Yeah, bro. Every time I come to a live event, cause it's, it's not easy buying a ticket and a plane ticket and traveling and, you know, a little bit of the nerves of flying, just rushing through an airport and leaving your family. And then when you actually get to the event and you start having conversations every time for me, I, I say, Oh my God, this is another piece of the puzzle. And I was supposed to be here. Yeah. And I have so much respect for Jonathan Potoshnik and I, the lawn care millionaire. Yeah, I saw you guys sitting next to each other at dinner last night, you know, just chatting it up. The LCM. Yeah. So funny story way back in the day when I started my YouTube channel, after I got my landscaping business stables about 20, the winter of 2013, I started my YouTube channel. By the time 2014, 15 hit, we were getting about 400,000 views a month at 25. I had about 20,000 subscribers and I'm at the at GIE. I'm running around with the camera and I knew about lawn care millionaire because I was binge watching his videos while plowing snow and he was just straight to the facts. I call him the Eben Pagan in, uh, of, of the green industry. You know, Eben Pagan is a, anyway, so I saw Jonathan Potoshnik back in 2015. I go, I'm to my wife. I go, that's the lawn care millionaire. I got to go meet him. And when I met him, his face turned a little bit red and he shook my hand. And I think it was because he, he's like, he's like, I know who you are. I've seen a bunch of your videos, wow. bro. But his, I think his face turned a little red because of how crazy I was in the videos and how I would act and the things I would say. Like, some, I guess someone in his position wouldn't dare do that. That's what that my articulation of it was. And uh, I don't know. I was starstruck, bro, because this is somebody who has actually taken business in general at a high level and then parlayed that into another business in the technology field. So um, last night at dinner, when he sat down next to me, I'm like, bro, I, w I was very careful and concise and extremely conscious when I asked him questions and I made sure I wasn't trapped in my own ego. And I looked in his eyes and I asked him very heartfelt questions about business and family. 
and the answers that he gave me, like if I could put a monetary value, it'd be like, I would honestly say maybe anywhere from ten to $20,000 would be worth in that 45 minutes of on and off conversation. Yeah, me and Kenny, Kenny got to talk to him. It was, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. What'd you take away from that 45 minutes of dinner with JP? Oh, okay. All right. We so, won't, we won't, we won't charge you guys 20 K for this. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, is walk a mile, see a mile. Uh, I, I think I hopefully we all want to be multimillionaires and we all want to be extremely successful, but can you handle uh, the pressure and the responsibility? Can you stay conscious? Like my friend Joshua Latimer says, all the success in the world doesn't compensate for failure in the home. Mm. And I've learned very clearly if you put like business and money and stupid stuff before God, you will, uh, it's just not going to work out. (laughs) So with that being said, uh, I looked in his eyes and I asked him like, how did you, you know, build multiple multi-million dollar businesses while staying a good husband and raising a family and doing these things because my wife it's that one of those things like when like the kitchen has to be clean my wife is very meticulous and i've learned how to be a better man because of my wife and i looked at him and he smiled he's like that resonates with me <laughs> and he said something um like his wife uh and i'm not trying to get into his business but he shared this with me obviously at a dinner table like when, when they're done eating dinner, that kitchen's about got to clean immediately. Now think about it being an ADD entrepreneur. you got a million things you want to do. You want to look at your phone. Maybe you got it like every minute is could be worth $500 per minute. But I, it was very clear to me that he has put his family first. And with that foundation in the home. Now, now I'm really into like Gino Wickman, EOS, Get a Grip, tra- Traction, Rocket Fuel, the, um, and learning all about how to structure systems and and like this is the part of my consciousness that was very weak like imagine your brain you have muscles i was very emotional about my business and when i would people would coach me of how to like uh, i guess you could say the masculine context would be to be observant and to get your emotions out and put policies and structures and frameworks things like that. So I would get frustrated. I'd be like, what, what do you mean? I don't know. What is the system? Uh, I can't, I got to make money to pay. So when you're in survival mode, the prefrontal cortex of your brain that's connected to the amygdala and you're, you're basically you're in fight or flight mode. When you're in fight or flight mode, your consciousness, sorry, closes down and you can't actually calm down and put like build a system because you're in fight or flight mode. So that's why I say it's walk a mile, see a mile. So my question is, how do you fast forward your consciousness to the point where you can, am I talking too much? You, am I okay? You're good. Okay. So I'm trying to be conscious and about blah, 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 blah. Okay. So I would ask my life coach, uh, Rob, coach Rob, my biggest question back 10 years ago, Rob, I'm aware in the competency progression model, I'm aware that there's a bunch of stuff that I don't know and I'm not implementing and I'm not integrating into my conscious life. I'm, I'm full of information from all these books, but there's a gap. It's like my, my head is cut off from my body and I'm floating in my head and it's stuck in emotions, but there's, I, and, um, I said, how do I fast forward my consciousness? And there was only one word that kept repeating 
uh, if you study like uh, the, the earlier stuff by David Data and Ken Wilber, uh, they, uh, they meditation basically. So I went to deep meditation and started trying to get around successful people as much as possible. And so when I, I'm glad that I didn't talk to Jonathan Potoshnik maybe five, six, seven years ago because I would have been all over the place and be like, oh, how do you do it, man? What is it like to have a Lamborghini? Uh, like, I'd freak out. I'd probably go pace around in the bathroom and call my wife to calm me down, and she'd bitch at me and say, you need to calm the fuck down. Oh, sorry, I just cussed on your podcast. All right, we'll edit it out. Sorry. I really was being conscious about not doing that, and it came out. Sorry, bro. Okay. Uh, seriously, I'm sorry. I mean it. Um... So now when I can listen, I can hopefully remove my ego and just listen to where someone, when they're speaking, where they're at and what they're actually saying for real and really take the time to digest it. So what JP said, Jonathan Potoshnik, he said his business was really growing when he put these policies and systems and structures. And, and then when he really started investing the money and hiring high level employees and high level management, then when he was talking about spending high six figures on high level um, heads of the like the administrative or the CFO and the people in it, like to run certain areas of his business is the best as I can articulate what he told me. That's when it really started taking off because now he hired people who were like entrepreneurs who are running their own businesses within his business. Like he didn't have to tell them what to do and, and have these conversations. They would just boom, blow up entire sectors of the business. Like I'm saying, this is the best I can articulate it. So when he was saying that to me, I was thinking about the visionary integrated relationship and the breakthroughs I've had recently were Let's say you're pulling your hair out. You're trying to run your business. You keep context switching by changing your hats. That's what Chris Beltran was changing. Because there's something called brand therapy. We've talked about Chris Beltran. And the, um, <laughs> I, when he was coaching me through doing my rebrand on my online business, which is spread across the board, taught me so much. You think you know about marketing, bro? It goes layers deeper. I would get frustrated. There, there'd be, I, I'd waste entire 20 minutes just babbling, then crying, then getting upset, pacing around. I'm like, what's, I'm so sorry, man. I'm paying you for this and I'm acting like a fool right now. I need to go see a therapist. He, and he laughed. He goes like, this is why we call this brand therapy. Cause when you're really di diving deep into your business and you're, you're like, there's certain parts of your consciousness. I, I don't really know what I'm talking about when I'm saying this, but I would just call it like Enneagrams or pathologies of certain little micro traumas and things that you've been through that you attach to certain pieces of your business that stop growing. And you can't face that area, like hire a uh, firing that one employee that you just overdue for firing or hiring that crew leader that, you know, and you're terrified you have, so you avoid those things and then you never grow past that point. Well, to really, really, I guess grow a business or grow your marketing takes making hard decisions and taking, making hard decisions means having difficult conversations and having difficult conversations means facing your fears and doing it in a very respectful, honorable, professional way where you can go in there consciously. So you've got to read books like difficult conversations and crucial conversations and, and hire or go see a therapist. So that's what I'm talking about. When I see a guy like Jonathan Potoshnik, I just, I just turn to my left to, uh, uh, Jeremiah, Jennings. Uh, Jeremiah Jennings and I go, he's an alien. <laughs> and he goes, I don't know. He's an alien. He, he's like, when I say like, uh, 
Eben Pagan, there's another really successful marketer who met Eben Pagan in person at Burning Man. <laughs> and I was like, you met Eben Pagan? Eben Pagan has built multi-hundred million dollar online businesses. He, I'm like a super fan. Um, he's, I said, what's he like in person? He goes, bro, he's an alien. Because... <laughs> Think, if you think about it, you only have 24 hours in a day. You got to sleep eight of them. You got to spend time with your family, faith, fiscal, finance, fitness. You got to mm-hmm. use the bathroom, shower, shave, eat, change, cook, clean, grocery. You got to do all these things. And how do you take that little tiny, like the average person who claims that they work really hard, uh, studies have shown, only gets about 50 truly hyper productive, focused in the zone minutes per day. And then you might get five and a half actual work hours per day. So if you keep pulling the work harder lever, you're just going to go insane and burn down your family and end up sick in bed. And then you're going to bang your head against a wall and be trapped five years in the same spot. So how do these people get this type of leverage without being a sociopath, without being fanatically obsessed? And I think that all goes back to your core values and your highest dreams and aspirations. And for me, I think that I, the people that I've met that are highly successful and intuitive, these people um, had the biggest hearts and they are connected to their body with their feet on the ground. And they do care about and love people. And they are, but they have, a, they have either built or got into or with the right timing, this is like the caveat of all this, a vehicle. You can have all the... You can jump up and down and scream that you want to be successful and read books. And I remember it was a uh, 2012 and 13 in the winter in between plowing snow. I wasted entire winters, but it wasn't a waste pacing around on the phone with my friends talking about business ideas and this and that and all the things that I'm learning. And I'm like, oh, my God. And then I was like, but nothing changed. And I was so amped up, but nothing changed. And I couldn't figure out how to actually implement this because I didn't have a vehicle. So if your vehicle is just starting a little lawn care business and learning the ethics and best practices of running a real business at a lower risk, it's just cutting people's grass, then you can forget cotton grass. Bro, I have a business and I can actually learn how to do my math and learn about PL statements and balancing the books and learning about insurance. And I can get on the phone with the and ask them all the questions. You can learn so much, but don't stay there. So you need a vehicle, whether you get in as a marketer in some business or you get a job, like you need a vehicle. A vehicle is something that you can get in and drive to a destination. So in the real practical, tangible, physical world, you know, there are some people who are, um, my friend Joshua Latimer says there's a lot of people who are a hell of a lot dumber than you who have figured out how to get what they want. You know, there's some people that have just average intelligence that are very consistent and they find a right vehicle at the right time and they stay consistent and they become very successful. There's other people that are highly intelligent that just they're in the wrong place, the wrong city, wrong time. They can't find the right vehicle. They're frustrated. They know that they have a genius inside of them. <clears throat> and, um, so there's all these different factors that come into play. And I'm obsessed with, you know, the question of how do I, con- how, how do you be, God grant me the serenity to face this, uh, accept the things I cannot change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference and have discernment of what percentage, not black or white or all or none or always or never, what percentage of this is within my control 
and what percentage of it do I have no control over? And Tony Robbins said the quality of your life is directly proportional to the amount of uncertainty that you can comfortably live with. So can you, can you deal with risk? Well, build up your risk muscle by taking small, like quantifiable risks. And after saying all that... Synced Live 2024 in Atlanta, Georgia is the premier event in the green industry that showcases unique products and solutions for your business. From top industry leaders sharing their knowledge through engaging presentations to networking opportunities with top industry brands and fellow attendees all on the showroom floor. Get your tickets at SyncLive.com and join us this February in Atlanta where landscape design, build and maintenance come together under one roof. If you want to earn more money in your business, it may be as simple as raising your prices. Braden used our price increase letter, and what happened? Well, we've actually been in business for 32 years now. My dad started it, and then he handed the reins over to me. And in 32 years, he'd never increased the prices ever. And I knew that we had to make a change, so we actually got your price increase letter, increased the price by 20%, and um, we were doing around a million gross, up that to 1.2, and we had eight cancellations through the entire thing. So we raised our prices through that letter about 200 Say that. Say that one more time. $200,000 that was sitting on the table that we weren't getting access to just through a letter. So it it helped us out big time. So do you think the price increase letter uh, provided ROI for you? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, beyond is probably the best investment we've made in 32 years. (laughs) That is awesome. You can get the price increase letter at thegreenindustrypodcast.com. It's a plug and play template. Just put in your information, insert date here, insert name here. And in the most straightforward, concise way, it explains to your customer why you're raising the their price it made him 200 grand each year and then you're going to raise the price again next year exactly hey guys jason creel here and want to invite you to the fourth annual lawn care life conference in springville alabama that's just outside birmingham alabama near my hometown we have room for 300 tickets the early bird ticket pricing is 197 dollars, and that includes your meals we're talking about friday night most of the day saturday we're going to feed you dinner breakfast and lunch we've got great speakers lined up i'm going to be there my friend paul jameson's going to be there naylor taliaferro jeremiah jennings alan hain the lawn care nut caleb Brittany allman and my friend jeremy Invest. We've got a great lineup, a lot of excitement, and every year that we've done this event, the reviews have been fantastic. So come hang out with us, Springville, Alabama. If you need a ticket and want to register, you need to do so before it sells out because I really think it's going to sell out this year. This is Friday and Saturday, February 23rd and 24th in Springville, Alabama. To get a ticket, go to LawnCareLife.com and click on the link for conference. And after saying all that, Bro, I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I'm, a, I'm more frustrated than I've ever been in, in my businesses. They're not growing fast enough. And I know it all ties back to me. I'm a total workaholic. I'm totally in love. With, I love God. I love my wife. I, I'm, I'm really trying to get proper sleep and eat healthy and stay hydrated and, and be the best human being that I could possibly be. And I look at a guy like Jonathan Potoshnik, and I'm like, he's an alien, bro. He's an alien. <laughs> so, like... Yeah, that's that's where my head's at right now, bro. <clears throat> it's so inspiring, though, hanging out with him, uh, Kenny. You were got to hang out with Jonathan for like an hour. weren't you pumped up? Like, dude, you guys living the dream. He was giving a lot of great information. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> about his life alone. <laughs> so, if you were to, if Potoshnik were to like touch your forehead and transfer his consciousness or everything he's had to go through, would we um, be able to handle the amount of 
with the multitude of the quantum ratio of, you know, of, of things that he's had to face and deal with, like, or will we just crack down on the floor crying, oh, take it back, take it back, I can't deal with this. Dude, you can keep your millions of dollars. I haven't earned that yet. Have I haven't faced those fears or, because, oh, could you imagine sinking all, all this investment money into a software company month after month after month and paying people on payroll and you not knowing for sure if it's going to work or not. And like in analyzing, I, I got a friend right now who is very deep into a business who whew, he's writing, you know, $100,000 uh, quarterly tax checks. He's got a partner that it's not just not working out and he's stressed out and it's, it's weighing on his life in ways that I can't talk about right now. And it's hurting his health. And he went into this bit, he's grown it to like, uh, I don't know, he's got $3.2 million just into one aspect of what he's doing. And so when I learned from him, I go like, there's no way out of this. The only way out is through or to hopefully find someone to buy his business and so you can get to the point where imagine you're there's a boat up there on the top of the water at the sunshine and you you're like the anchor dragging along the bottom terrified. So there's a saying uh going along to get along. You got to be super conscious about having difficult conversations, doing things right, not sweeping things underneath the rug. If you see something that's wrong, I don't dude, I don't care if you got to stop the whole bus and everybody on it say uh uh uh, uh. there's a little tiny nail and that tire or something, and we're getting that fixed, but I don't care where. And then you can be too obs- obsessed. Like people that you actually trust will be like, oh, don't worry about that. No, that's good. Stop that. But if you know in your heart, I don't care if you look like a psycho to them and like, no, I got to fix that before we go. This is just me being safe and conservative because I have been overly, you know, paranoid and conservative and anti risk. But I know in my heart, if you feel, if you see something, like I, I walked in the studio, everything's beautiful, but see how there's there's two different cords and cables. There's the camera, and then there's the microphone cable. There's, um, you're supposed to have a gaffer tape down. And there's gaffer tape, but this next microphone was probably put in afterwards. Maybe people were in a hurry, didn't put a piece of tape down. Now, nothing's going to happen. It's fine. But if you don't put that piece of tape down and you walk away, somebody could trip on that, right? Now, do you as the business owner be the guy running around with the tape? No, no, no. You, you have to have somebody in place before you even throw a vent. Hey, listen, you anticipate these things in advance. You have a checklist and make sure every single cord and cable and wire that's in a trip hazard zone is taped down just in case X, Y, or Z. And it's like, so one little tiny thing can cause a big problem that you didn't foresee because you were busy. So if you sweep things underneath the rug, because it's, it's like a, um, called a black swan. It's a... It's something that's probably not going to happen. If it does happen, it happens once in a blue moon. You really shouldn't worry about it and obsess over it. (laughs) So that's logic speaking. And if you get obsessed with the black swans and the bad things that could happen and you hear stories, you'll attract and build a case in your mind. Oh, that's why I can't grow a big business because I have a little tiny business that makes 58 or 158,000 a year, whatever you make. And then I had this thing happen and I don't want to compound that chaos. That sounds terrifying. I can't deal with that. So that's why I think going up line and finding mentors and coaches and people who have done through it, they'd be like, oh, pff, dude, we've been through that five times. We go through that every year, actually, because we have such a big business. Here's how you fix that. Do you take that advice? Do you go home and watch Netflix and scroll on your phone? Or do you actually put that thing into practice? 
Well, here's the next question. I know I'm talking a lot. What if you actually don't even want to do the business that you have and you don't put that thing into practice because you actually deep down inside want the heck out of your business and you don't even care and you're avoiding it? Uh, Grant Cardone, love him or hate him, whatever. I, I've read a bunch of his books. He said something interesting. He said, fall in love with the things that you hate. That's how you're going to get to the next level is to learn how to love what you hate. So you have to master what's going on at this level and get really good at it because that'll prepare you for the next Goliath because the self-discipline to do the hard things that suck and get through them, even though you don't want to do it, I think is some of the difference that makes the difference. It's a, uh, we're doing some stuff in my business right now that oh, I hate doing, but I know I have to do it. What's up, Naylor? Shout outs to Naylor for LCR Summit. <laughs> so then you think about if you put on a ratio, so what if you have to book a Thursday night in your calendar and <clears throat> do a deep dive through your books and adjust something or you got to do all this stuff. You just do it and you eat it and you do it. And then that other 20% you get to f totally enjoy. So it's some of the crappy stuff that allows you to enjoy these highlight moments. The people that are here today in this event and you have done very hard things to be able to say, you know what, I deserve to buy a ticket and come to this and learn and hang out. And so we are around greatness. And I think pat yourself on the back. You've come so far. Don't be so hard on yourself. Just because some other guy has a multi-hundred million dollar business, that's God's God's plan for your life might be completely different. And I think the, when you do die and your family is around you, hopefully, if you're a good person, I mean, it's true. They're not going to say, oh, Dad, can I... Can I? Well, I was going to say, is that Mercedes in my will? In your will? You know, people only care about how you treated them, how you made them feel, and you can't take any of it with you. We had somebody in our uh, in the uh, local industry, you know, uh, Barzak. Mm, yeah, reptile guy. Yeah. So he like literally lives right down the street from me, and I pass the reptarium every day. Wow. And he, for those who don't know, I'm not trying to make this super name, but he. Had, he Huh? Hey, go ahead. Contextually speaking, he passed away um, of, I think it was pancreatic cancer. It was for sure. And he filmed the whole journey. He's got like 4 million subscribers total. And it just, when somebody passes away, it puts things into a lot more clear perspective about what matters and what doesn't matter. You draw closer to your family. You pick up the phone and you call your dad that you haven't maybe talked to in months. Or you, like, so I've spent the last year and a half, like around the holidays, dude, I'll call my aunts, my uncles, my cousins, and walk around my Bluetooth headset while cleaning the house. And I'll talk to my Aunt Sherry for an hour and a half. Then on the next, I'll call my Aunt Ruthie and talk to her for an hour. I'll call my Aunt Debbie. What was it like? Because my mom died, but I'll be like, what was it like? You guys said you lived in Mount Pleasant, like up north in Michigan when you were kids? I've heard about this, but what was it like? And Aunt Sherry would be like, oh, it was the best childhood. And oh my God. And things were different back then. And then, then I'll call Aunt Debbie. And I said, I just got phone with Aunt Sherry. And she told me this. Is that what really went? Oh my God. I said, we, I went to the family reunion and I met our extended family from Colorado and all over in Arkansas. And I, I, I've never met this side of the family. And my aunt Sherry goes, they're beautiful people and they have so much love in their heart. And when we were little, we all grew up together and they moved away. I said, I feel like they're, they're my family and I love them. And I never met them. She goes, Keith, 
I'm so glad you got to meet them. Make sure you get their phone numbers. And, and, and I was like, so I'll call up my dad. And I'll be like, what was my mom like? Did you guys used to get into arguments? I found out that my dad was secretly seeing my mom years after they got divorced when I was a little kid growing up. And I never knew this stuff, bro. I was like, wait a second. And my dad was nervous to tell me. I'm like, wait, you were still seeing my mom on and off? He goes, well, well yeah, I didn't want to. I'm like, that's awesome. He goes, what? I goes, that's awesome. And he's like, he felt relieved. He's like, oh, I, I didn't, I didn't know if how that would affect you. Or I didn't know if I wanted you knowing. I'm like, no, that's beautiful to hear that you and my mom still love each other. And so, um, see, I'm very emotional now. I never talk about my father. Um, I'm, in fact, I'm gonna start crying, bro. So, my dad's van kept breaking down, and I uh. I had an extra work truck, an F-150. We just put like 3,600 bucks into it. We went through it with a fine tooth comb, got it running beautiful. We even took the wheels off, re-scrubbed and repainted the rims. And like, it looks, it's a nice truck and it actually runs great. And my dad's van kept breaking down. And uh, I'm at dinner with my wife and my wife is like, just give him the truck. And I was like, what? You know, all this issues pop up about how, like, I'm, I'm the son. I'm the kid. I'm like, what do you mean I've got to give my dad a truck? This is bull crap. And so uh, right before we came to the event, because I knew I had to get it done before I, because it's winter, I went there and I met my dad and I, you know, gave him the keys and the title to the truck. We went to Secretary of State and then we went and got a brand new, put a battery in it. It went transfer the title right over. I paid for everything. And then we uh, went to the insurance company and got the insurance on it. Dude, it started right up, bro. And it was like right down the street. As soon as it started, there was a washer and dryer. My dad likes to do scrapping. So he, my dad has like a lawn care, little lawn care business still. I started with him when I was a kid. And then I just went off and did my own thing. Like he didn't help me or anything. We all grew up poor as heck. But So... He was so happy, and it started right up, and I helped him lift this, lift this heavy washer. And I mean, this truck's, like, solid, bro. And I even took all the cash in my pocket, and I threw it on the center console, and I just put gave him money for gas. Just I just wanted to hook him up. And he looked at me, and he's like, thank you. you that really helped me out a lot. And his eyes filled up with tears, and I don't really ever see my dad cry. And then... um. I gave him a real hug, like, uh, like, I love you, dad. And I, um, I said, you're welcome. I love you. And I held my tears back and I went and got in my fucking, mm! sorry, edit that out. I went and got in my brand new truck. And as I drove off, I saw my dad following behind me and I just broke down crying, bro. Like, like, and, and, uh, I learned to, uh, if you got to cry, let yourself cry. Don't hold it back. And I immediately called my wife and I told her and I felt so relieved. I'm kind of glad I accidentally cussed because it stopped me from crying on your podcast. <laughs> Changing my emotions real quick. But uh, we can hold grudges against family members. And sometimes if, if there's things that a, a family member is a certain way and you disagree with or you got differences, you know, that's between them and God. And it's very hard to, um, it actually, it's simple. You make it simple. 
You just love and honor and respect people. So everything I just said, that's family stuff. How do you deal with all that stuff? Well, having 150 employees and a wife and kids and running a multi-million dollar, da, 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 da. You got to make quick decisions fast. You got to context switch. Like Dan Kennedy talks about when he was building his business, he got his car repoed and then literally walked into a conference and spoke in front of like 250 uh, people. Story, yeah. And he said, how did I do it? Content, like he was able to compartmentalize his emotions and put them in a box. We're doing this now. And so the fear, if you're an empathic person is, oh my God, I'm a psychopath. How does somebody, you know, but that's what, I'll just speak like for men. Traditionally, Mel Gibson wakes up 3 a.m. because the phone rings. He turns on the nightlight, answers the phone, and is, and he goes, what? I'll be there. And his wife just gets that nervous look on her face. She goes, no. And the next thing you know, he's putting on his belt. He's getting dressed. It's 3 a.m. She's And then she's pounding on his chest going, but you told me you weren't going to do that anymore. And that you were, you retired and you, were, you weren't a secret agent anymore or whatever, right? I must go. And so... She's crying, and then what does he do? He doesn't say, okay, I'll stay. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, what does he do? He's riding off on the motorcycle in the middle of the night, bro. He's gone. And she cries, and she's looking out the window. And what happens, bro? He... Now the, the, he crosses the Rubicon, the point of no return. You thought he was going to save the world, but now things got worse. Now it's an impossible journey. Heroes do journeys. He's got to transform who he is on the inside and pull out that that tiger, that lion, bro, that king of the jungle, and overcome all odds and make it happen. And what happens at the end of the movie? He comes back in the motorcycle, you know, his, his wife hugs him, and now he's back home, and he's just fishing Fishing with the sun, with the sun going down or whatever, or the sun coming up. And that's the the craziest thing about compartmentalizing and making decisions that um, I hope that we're not losing that. And I hope there's more of that. So getting around people like this and listening to these podcasts is a lot to think about. <laughs> I could go for hours. We gotta reserve, we gotta save your voice though, because you got are you speaking for two hours or one hour, bro? I told Naylor, I'm like, what's the longest that I can go? So, so we're, we're gonna we're gonna let Keith save his voice because we had JP in here and he was uh, his voice was going out. Oh, I do vocal warm ups in the morning when I go. Well, well I, I'm gonna I don't want you, I want you to give your A plus effort to. I want to give it all here. Let's just cancel that. We'll <laughs> 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 just oh man, how how can people connect with you, Keith? Huh? Never mind me. Just watch, listen to more of Paul. Uh, well, I, 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 playing, I, got, man. I, I have a predicament because my, my phone's got like 5% battery right, problem. Keith Kelf is everywhere. The Untrapped podcast is my podcast. Talk about business, health, wealth, finance, relationships, breakthrough stuff like this. Uh, I have a... F- Oh, we're building this thing right now, and I don't have the URL to it. So just keithkelfis.com is my website. We're creating these amazing freebie downloads that we're giving away. And my uh, executive assistant just messaged me. If I can't get it in nine seconds, then I'll just... What I was saying about my phone, I'm, I'm Instagramming live in uh, John out there. My phone's going to die any moment. And I think if my phone dies, it won't save the Instagram live. <gasps> Oh, KeithKelfs.com, Untrap Podcast. Thanks for having me on your show, bro. 
Love you, bro. Go crush it. Thanks to Shout Naylor Taliaferro for the uh, LCR Summit. Oh, yeah, bro. And for, for pioneering this. Thank you to Kenny, our producer today. Excellence uh, behind the, the boards there. Um, and then thanks to uh, David Shands and the Creator Clubhouse. This place is awesome. So Epic. I'm hoping Naylor will do this again next year and do it here. This is awesome. Cool. Thanks. Alright, peace. Hey, it's Paul. Is it time to elevate your lawn care business with Jobber? As a field service management software, Jobber has been a game changer for me since 2019, streamlining everything from quotes to payments and making customer communication a breeze. Tap the link in our show notes and see why over 200,000 home service pros trust Jobber to grow their business. Click the link in today's show notes or visit getjobber.com forward slash Paul to learn more. Hey, it's Marty, producer of the Green Industry Podcast. This episode is over, but check the episode notes for links to products and services that you heard about during the episode. And thanks for listening.